several times, several times in Scripture, including figures of cherubim being carved on the walls of the temple. When um, when Solomon built that majestic temple, he had um, um, cherubim carved in the walls. So cherubim was something that is very well known. Second Chronicles chapter three verse seven. Somebody read that. So, when they went into the temple of Solomon, they saw him. In the days of the Roman Empire, now listen to this, I'm going I'm I'm to tell you now the, the work of the cherubim. In the days of the Roman Empire, there was an elite class of soldiers known as the Praetorian Guard. Now, if you study... Roman history, you would know about that. Um, I'm a history buff. I love history. Uh, there was an elite class known as the Praetorian God. They appointed and trained to guard the throne and Caesar. Cherubim are similar to these. These angels are guards. I mean, I kind of think about ever since the time that we went to Washington, D.C., and we went to the tomb of the unknown soldier. If you try to get close to that that tomb, you ain't going to make it, sweetheart. Yeah, I mean, they mean business. They mean business. Amen. And that is their, their position. They're trained to do that, and that's all they do. And, uh, and like I said, back in the Roman days, the uh, Torin guard guarded the throne and also Caesar. These angels are God's guards. He sent them, sent one to the Garden of Eden to guard uh, the tree of life. And that's their main purpose. Each class of angels has a particular purpose. And uh, that's how come they are different classes. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 10, verses 20 21. Somebody read that for me, please. So that's just another example. So I'm I'm thinking back in antiquity, back in uh, in those days of way down, people had seen them and know about them because I mean they all they all knew about them and they're uh, they're heaven's guards. Okay, moving on, the archangels. Archangels or chief angels, as it reads in the Greek, are the generals in command under the commander-in-chief, God the Father. Now, our president is called the commander-in-chief, right? All right. God the Father is the commander-in-chief. He has generals that's over 
his armies. And I, I, this is this is the part here that I really got into. I'm, I'm, I'm almost had a uh, Holy Ghost uh, shout down here studying this. There are many ranks in the myriads of angelic armies. Somebody be looking up Psalms 24, 8 and 10. There are many ranks. One of the names of God is the Lord of hosts, is defined as the God of angel armies. You see that name, the Lord of hosts in the Bible, it, it means the God of angel armies. Psalms 24, 8 and 10. Somebody read that. Okay, to, um, to clarify what he just read, turn to page four on the back side, and I've got that same scripture uh, in the Christian Standard Bible. Ronnie, read that off the handout, please. God. Why in the world are Christian people, Brother Chase, just, just squalling down and just uh, scared to death of the devil? There's no reason. The very our, the God, God our Father in heaven, he is the commander in chief and he's got these generals. Hallelujah. Woo, my Lord, my Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Oh, there's a song we used to sing years ago, We Can't Be Defeated. We Can't Be Defeated, hallelujah, my Lord. Mm, bad voice or no bad voice, I'm fixing to squall out here in a minute. All right, let's continue this. Within the ranks of this heavenly angelic host, there have been ordained rulers, powers, principalities, and authorities all of which are under the command of one of the archangels. I mean, this thing, folks, these, these angels of heaven, the armies of heaven, is a very complex thing. It's just not anything haphazard. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm. I think he just sent one of them to help my, my voice because it's a little bit stronger than what it was. Mm, hallelujah. But under, under these angels, God has ordained some to be rulers, powers, principalities, and authorities, all of which are under the command of one of the archangels. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 um, 
Somebody read that. All right, notice that. All things were created by him, by the Lord, by Jesus, or for him. Now, some people look at principalities and powers as just being demonic. But you think about this. Why would, would demonic principalities be, be made for Jesus? No. These ranks of angels are, are different ranks. They're principal, their powers and they're, they over certain things. And they were created for the Lord. Now concerning the angels would fail with Lucifer, there are various ranks and powers among Satan's demonic host. Ephesians 6 and 12. Somebody read that. The angels that fell with the devil when he became a devil, they, in the devil's army, they still serve as a principality or power or whatever, but in a fallen state. And they're the ones that's become the demonic spirits that we got to battle and mess with all the time. Amen. And now, we get into this part here. There is a dispute concerning how many archangels there are. Now, I have held that the number is three, or was three. Um, and um, I've always believed that. And, um, and, and really, I still, I really still do. But these three anyway, are the ones that's mentioned. Michael, every time you see Michael, he's doing battle. He's the archangel or the general uh, over the angels that, that make war. Then you got Gabriel. He is the leader and the archangel over the messenger angels. Every time you see Gabriel, He's given somebody a word, a message from heaven. <laughs> He's going to be the archangel, the Bible says, when Jesus returns. The, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God's going to sound. That's going to be the greatest message of all, folks. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we're going to be caught up there and meet him. Then there was Lucifer. He was an archangel. And he was in charge of leading the worship angels in heaven. One common uh, school of thought among scholars is that each one of these controlled one-third of the heavenly host and that those who were under Lucifer fell with him and became the demonic spirits we contend with today leaving a two-thirds majority in control. So you don't have to fear the devil because God's arm is 
I number him two to one. Hallelujah. Glory. Uh, but I want to I want to give you every everything that I possibly can, and you can do further study. Um, there are other extra biblical sources, traditions that call for more archangels than just three. Now, we can't be dogmatic on something the Word of God is silent on. This is one of the many things that will be revealed at the second coming. Uh, has anybody ever heard the term, the canon of Scripture? All right. The 66 books that we hold as the Bible is called the canon of Scripture. They, those 66 books are the ones that is viewed as divinely inspired. But they were more books than just those 66. And you had the two classes. You had the Protestants and you had the Catholics. The Catholics take uh, more of those books than, uh, than 66. Uh, the Protestant scholars, when they formed the canon, they came up with 66 that they viewed that was divinely inspired. I've got a book here that's called the Complete 54 Book Apocrypha. This is easy to look up the Apocrypha. In, in here, there you'll find the Book of Enoch. And uh, it wasn't added to, uh, to, the, to uh, the Protestant uh, Bible, but our Bible gives reference to, uh, to the Book of Enoch. In the Book of Jude, when Jude wrote just one chapter there, he said Enoch prophesied before he was called up. You know, he didn't die. He, he, he walked for God, and he, God took him. All right? He made a prophecy, said, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on the earth. And uh, when I began to look into the Apocrypha, I, I seen where that come, come from. And um, this book here, they say, is, was written by Enoch before he was called up. Um, let me, let me, let me read to you something from the book of Enoch. And this is what Jude was given reference to when he said the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints or 10,000 of his holy ones. The holy great one will come out from his dwelling and the perpetual God will tread on the earth, even on Mount Sinai and appear in the strength of his might from the heaven of heavens, and all will be smitten with fear, 
and the watchers will quake. And great fear trembling will seize them to the ends of the earth. The high mountains will be shaken. And the high hills will be made low. Will uh, melt like wax before the flame. And the earth will be wholly, wholly split apart. And there will be a judgment on all men. But with the righteous he will make peace. And behold he comes with myriads of his holy ones to execute judgment on all. And to destroy all the ungodly and convict all flesh and all works of their ungodliness which they have ungodly committed. That's reading from the book of Enoch. According to the book of Enoch, Enoch says there are seven archangels and he gives names for all seven. There's another book told uh, Tobiah, I believe it is. He said there are seven archangels. But like I said, you know, we just you've got to take that with a with a grain of salt. Um, but I always wondered, you know, there was some other things in the Bible that was written giving a reference to some of these other books, but you can if you get something like this, make you understand, know that you do it. Uh, for study purposes only because you you can pretty well tell what's kind of wild in here and, and then what's not. But the reason why, the main reason why that this book of history wasn't included in, in the 66 books is the early scholars, church fathers, didn't feel like these books was inspired by God. That's the, that's the reason why. So... Um, we do know of at least three. Now, um, so that leaves a question. Uh, if Lucifer being an archangel and he was over to worship, who took his place? Who doing that now? We don't have that info, do we? There's a lot of stuff that we're not going to know until we get there. All right, let's talk about <coughs> the ministry of angels now. Okay, um, I'm going to ask y'all to help me read these scriptures. God sends angels in response to fervent and persistent prayer. Now, we're talking about the ministry of angels and how and why angels are dispatched you need to understand this is one thing showing us how important prayer is because fervent and persistent prayer has the power to dispatch angels. A good example of this is Acts chapter 12 verses 1 and 5, 1 through 5. Somebody read that. Thank you. 
okay? Prayer was made by the church without ceasing. They went on around the clock prayer vigil. James had already been killed. He was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. They had done killed him. Now they had Peter. They were they was highly concerned that after the Passover, Peter was going to suffer the first uh, uh, of the same fate. But if you go to the book of Acts chapter 12 and you read the whole, all of it, you'll find out it was an angel that came and released Peter. Peter wasn't concerned. He wasn't worried. He was asleep. That's a powerful message right there. You can preach. You can lay down right beside what the devil tries to do. You can go to sleep with it. Hallelujah. And it was an angel that touched him, woke him up. <coughs> and said, uh, get up, let's go, time to go. Why did that happen? It was through the fervent, persistent prayer of the body of Christ. They did, your prayers, get there, your prayers can dispatch angels. So God sends angels in response to fervent and persistent prayer. Number two, God sends angels to bring judgment. Genesis chapter 19, verses 1. Somebody read that scripture there. It's pr printed right there in the handout. Okay, it was two angels in the fashion and appearance of a man that went to Sodom to bring judgment. So angels are dispatched to bring judgment. Another one, God sends angels to warn of danger. Matthew 2 and 13 here in your handout. Somebody please read that. There you go. Uh, while Sister Wanda was uh, laying there with her eyes closed, she saw this vision right, right here. God sent a vision uh, to Joseph. He says, look, you're going, to get, you're going to have to get Mary and Jesus and get out of Dodge because Herod's going to try to kill him. So we can see that God sends angels to warn of danger. Amen. I believe that there are times when you're driving on the highway that uh, maybe you make a wrong turn or whatever and while you're getting all been out of shape and getting mad at yourself for doing that, there may be an angel involved in that. It might not be in your absent-mindedness. 
Who knows what was down that road further that you would have ran into. Amen. Think about all this all the time. Because angels are all around us. Amen. Um, there's one more under the ministry of angels. And uh, <clears throat> that's as far as we'll get tonight. We'll pick up next time. But God sends angels to, co to comfort and strengthen. 1 Kings 19, chapter, uh, chapter 19, verses 4 and 5. Somebody read that out of your handout. was this? It was Elijah. He then took a run over what uh, Jezebel had said. He was, uh, he was going through some depression right here. And some uh, all kind of issues. And while he was asleep, an angel came and touched him and said, Arise and eat. And when he got up, the food was already there. God sent this angel to comfort and strengthen Elijah. Because if you remember, when you read the story, he ate one time, and then the angel said, You need to rise up and eat again because the journey is too difficult for you. And he ate the second time. And the strength he got from that second go around, he went, was able to go 40 days, 40 days going to the mount of God. Hallelujah. 40 days it lasted. So when you're needing comfort, you're needing strength, God can dispatch an angel to help you with that. Amen. Now, we will begin the next time by talking about the destroying angel or the angel of death. Let's all stand together. I hope that you've enjoyed our study tonight and got a little something out of it. Um, and, uh, I definitely struggled to get it out. <laughs> Let's bow our heads and thank the Lord. Father, we come tonight, we thank you, and we praise you for your word. Uh, your word is truth. It's a lamp and, um, and light to our path, Father. And help us, God, to, uh, to, to always have a hunger for your word. And now as we dismiss, keep watch over everyone as they get on the road. Let your angels be around each and every one in protection and always to warn of danger. In Jesus' name. Church say. Let me say one. I, I got I